We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the sixth day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. Pavel, we'll start with you. How are you today? Hi, guys, and hello to the listeners. Um, hey, man, like every time I'm a little bit better in some ways. I'm pretty tired, but um, life's good. Very interesting. Very, very, very curious times we're living in, sir. It is, to say the least. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry about last week. Uh, Bruce and I were both down ill, and I still have a little bit of it, as you can hear, but uh, we're glad to have you back this week. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive, yeah. Glad to be here. Fantastic. You're feeling all right, yeah? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, that's good. So, still a little, you know, still a little nasally here and here and there, but uh, yeah, doing so good. Yeah, so am I. All right. Um, we've got a multitude of things we can talk about today. We can go a whole bunch of different directions. But, uh, Pavel, you got a lot on your mind. Uh, you weren't here last week. Again, that was um, that, that was our fault. We were down sick. So um, I, I blame Bruce, you know, for, for making me sick, uh, for sneezing. I, I blame him. It's his fault. You've got uh, you got a lot on your mind. What do you want to talk about? Where do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. And and I want to mention, man, you guys don't have to apologize. Life happens. And this opportunity is just, you know, I, I thought I was going to be here once. And I was just happy enough with that. And, you know, I'm eternally really thankful for as far as we've gone. Anyhow, um, I want to talk about cryptocurrency. I want to talk about the insanity with the with the laptop. I really would like to start making connections, how all of it was really part of like one thing, you know, like the, the, the information we found on a laptop, it points to all this illegal activity, let's say, right? And how does that relate to crypto? Does it at all? Like, do, does Biden family relate to crypto? And um, if it does, you know, I, I think we're coming to a point where the walls are closing in so much that we can see it's the, the walls are not separate. They're part of a bigger thing that is kind of all connected. And and I think that realization might help people kind of get more curious about what the heck is really going on out there. Yeah, I was telling Bruce in prep uh, right before he came in, I said, you know what? I said, put this laptop as the Donald Trump Jr. laptop, as in like Don Jr. Trump's son. Make that his laptop, just for the sake of argument here. And this would be the lead story every single day, everywhere. And it would be nonstop. You, you wouldn't hear the end of it. But I, I'd like to show you just what was played down. Uh, excuse me. Where are we? 2000. What year is this? 22 <laughs> still. 2022. Yeah, two years ago. COVID, man. It's, I'm all turned around, right? It's, it's a mess, right? But yeah, we're about to hit 2023. This is October 21st, 2020. This is a tweet from Rolling Stone, right? You're familiar with Rolling Stone magazine and, and you know, all that stuff. Yeah, that's... To yeah. be a rock and not to roll. Yes, that one. This is what they put out on October 21st of 2020. This was the October surprise. Vile, baseless conspiracy theories are spreading about Hunter Biden. And despite pledges to curb misinformation in the lead up to the election, social media sites aren't stopping them. That's literally a conspiracy theory that they're saying that that's a conspiracy theory. You talked a couple of weeks I, ago, Pavel, about the, the about how stories are put out there to kind of distract us, give us talking points and and to take our attention away. And this laptop, this Hunter Biden laptop, that's not one of those stories. This is a real deal. And, and when I when I look and go through this, I was looking at some more of it today. I, I'm like a third of the I don't even think I'm a third of the way through it. However far we got on it last time, uh, Bruce, it is outright treason. What's on this laptop? Business dealings with Ukrainian oligarchs, Russian uh, Ukrainian and Russian gas companies, Chinese companies, hedge funds that are set up front companies that are set up to do deals with the hedge funds and businesses in China on trade deals that get kicked up to the big guy. I actually read one just a little bit ago, and it was Hunter Biden thanking one of the Chinese nationals for doing the business deal as it related to his father. 
And this is, and that's just one incident. I mean, this is outright treason. You're literally selling your country out for profit, personal profit. That's the def, like, that is the very essence of being a traitor to your country. And the FBI says, there's nothing to see here. Well, the, the problem is this, right? For the first time in humanity, not that we got the evidence of the reality right there. We've gotten that many times before, but now we also have a way to spread it and a way to discuss it and a way to keep it alive. So um, I, honestly, I, I already told you guys, supportdonaldtrump.com. There's going to be a link for the full report. Um, I'm, I'm going to upload, upload the report on my site and have a link to it. So if anybody wants to have the entire completely analyzed and detailed 700 page report on everything that's on that laptop, just hit me up on supportdonaldtrump.com. If you're not a fan of Trump, eh, I don't know if I'm either, but still it's quite curious. It's unimaginable how absolute power corrupts absolutely. A normal person will not seek that amount of control. A normal person does not want to control all these people and live off of them because they have feelings. It's called empathy. Now, if I smoke crack all day, then I guess I wouldn't have any sympathy or empathy either. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I've never tried crack, but I'm sure I'd probably sell my pens to China, my last pair. Uh, freaking. Uh, the, the guy's a, a complete criminal mess. A sex addict, drug addict, unreliable, and 100 C... It's not that his country that, that that he's trying to you know associate itself with is it's it's this debauchery of this this absolute life that any normal human being would avoid at all costs. But as the devil grabs you, man, and he drags you further and further, you don't notice that. You just you know you keep going and 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 you end up smoking crack on two million freaking screens. <laughs> it's just um, it's it's unbelievable what what's on there. I just wanted to make a quick side note for the listeners. Yeah, if you are if you are interested, that the report, like I said, it's seven hundred pages. It has a lot of images in it, um, so it is um, about twenty two hundred twenty two megabytes. So it's quite large, like quarter of a gigabyte, basically. So I mean, it, it is large. You don't expect just to click and you know, depend on your internet connection. That's all. Hunter Biden was uh, confronted about his laptop uh, at a White House event uh, just yesterday. There was a White House event to celebrate the Kennedy Center honorees on Sunday evening, and the president's son couldn't get over the scrutiny that was being asked about his laptop, which has ignited fierce debates across social media. The president's son was seated toward the back of the room when two reporters approached him. One asked him about Elon Musk publicizing the details on how this newly acquired social media platform responded in the wake of the October 2020 New York Post report, obtained the details from his personal hard drive on his laptop. And the other asked about the House Republican investigations into his business dealings, most notably into the Ukrainian gas company Burisma. Hunter Biden smiled at them and walked away without responding. So what do you do? Well, I mean, uh, he just didn't want to be mean. I mean, what options does he have? Straight out lie. That's just so obviously an insult to our intelligence. Straight F you middle finger. He, he That's what he did just kind of with his face. Might be even worse. I mean, it, the thing is, they, they still think we're idiots, but now they're just like, you know what happens? There's this old Russian saying, if you take grain and throw it against the wall, it's just going to bounce back. Um, you can't get to somebody who smokes this much crack. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. There's no brain left. All right. So I have this audio of uh, Cruz uh, questioning, uh, who is this? Uh, State Department official George Kent. Okay. Now this is about, uh, this is about seven minutes long in this questioning, but this is about his business dealings with the businesses in Ukraine and we can discuss after. So if you give me, if you give me seven minutes to get through this audio, uh, this would be one great discussion because this was not really shown anywhere. I didn't see any of this making any of the headlines anywhere. Uh, Mr. Kent, you have been outspoken throughout your career uh, speaking against corruption. And I, and I want to talk about corruption. I want to talk in particular about corruption in the current administration. And I have serious concerns about corruption of President Joe Biden that extends for considerable time, both his time as president and his time as vice president. To take one obvious and troubling example, accounts linked to the Biden family's personal finances received millions of dollars through ties to CEFC China Energy. This is where we get the infamous quote about 10% to the big guy 
from the Chinese communists. But you've also been involved very directly with Ukraine and corruption in Ukraine. And I will say you showed real courage speaking out against what I think was the very obvious concerns of corruption of Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, in Ukraine in particular. On November 13th, 2019, you testified to Congress that you had become concerned with Hunter Biden's status as a board member of the Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma. You said you had raised those concerns to the White House in February of 20, 2015. And in particular, what you said is, I became aware that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Soon after that, in a briefing call with the national security staff of the office of the vice president in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create a perception of a conflict of interest. T tell me, why did you have this concern about, as you described, a perception of a conflict of interest? Well, Senator, I can give you and every member of this committee uh, my uh, commitment that I will always raise concerns uh, to members of any administration and to Congress uh, when I have uh, concerns. And so I was made aware of information and I passed that along to the staff of uh, the office of the vice president. So, and so why were you concerned? Why were you concerned about Hunter Biden being on the board of Burisma? The issue at hand was the owner of the company's Lachevsky uh, had awarded himself gas contracts. And as I testified, both uh, in the impeachment hearings and uh, in the Johnson Grassley hearings of 2020, uh, our concern was about uh, the corrupt acts of Zlochevsky, the ex-minister, and uh, the FBI had been pursuing uh, freezing his assets. And it was uh, in the interest of the United States to uh, remain at the gold standard of our own uh, actions. So the Ukrainian oligarch who owned Burisma, there was very substantial evidence of corruption on his part. And he named Hunter Biden to his board of directors. To your knowledge, does Hunter Biden speak Ukrainian? I've never talked to uh, Hunter Biden, no. To your knowledge, did he have any knowledge before serving on that board about anything concerning oil or natural gas? I'm not aware of his CV. To your knowledge, did Hunter Biden have any qualification whatsoever for that board job other than the fact that his daddy was the sitting vice president at the time? Uh, Senator, I no one consulted me about who was on the board of uh, Burisma. There was another American, Kofor Black, who was a former. Okay, I, I asked a question. To your knowledge, did, did Hunter Biden have any qualification to be on that board other than the job his daddy had at the moment? I am not familiar with his resume, sir. OK, he was paid eighty three thousand dollars a month by this Ukrainian oligarch. You're an expert in Ukraine. Have you ever been paid eighty three thousand dollars a month? I'm a public servant, sir. I've never served on a corporate board. So does that mean, no, you haven't been paid $83,000 a month? I have not been paid $83,000 a month, no, sir. So, look, the concern here is not Hunter Biden's own problems, but rather it is official corruption from the then vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, and now the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Let me ask you, while his son was on the board of Burisma making a million dollars a year, did Joe Biden do anything that benefited the corrupt oligarch who was paying his son? Uh Vice President Biden led our efforts to fight corruption in Ukraine. Let me ask you the question again. Did Vice President Joe Biden do anything that benefited the corrupt oligarch who was paying his son a million dollars a year? He did not. He did not. Well, it's interesting. Someone who disagrees with you, Mr. Kent, is Joe Biden. And I want to read from what he said on January 23rd, 2018 at the Council of Foreign Relations. Quote, this is Joe Biden speaking. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And I was supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I'd gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma. And they didn't. So Biden continues. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion dollars. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving here in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Let me ask you something. Do you think Joe Biden holding a billion dollars hostage to force the Ukrainian government to fire the prosecutor that is investigating the corrupt oligarch who's paying his son a million dollars a year? Did getting that prosecutor fired benefit that oligarch? 
Thank you, Senator Cruz. Senator Van Are Hall. you going to allow him to answer the question, Madam Chairman? I am not going to allow him to answer the question. I'm Why are you covering for the vice president? Do you not I'm allow not him to answer that question? He said that, that the vice president I, has I nothing to benefit I think it's unfortunate for you, Senator Cruz, to put in position that are uncomfortable the nominees to be our ambassadors. Okay, this is because his they sworn have, testimony. This is his sworn testimony. He, I understand that you want to cover for the vice president. That he is going to raise those concerns anytime. Was his testimony he has true or false that Biden did nothing to benefit the oligarch? I don't Let know. Let him what answer his the question. Was. Why are you afraid of him answering the question? I'm not. I just want to move on. But you won't let him answer. I, I asked a yes/no question. Will you allow him to answer the yes/no question? Yes, you can answer yes or no. Thank you. The prosecutor who was fired by the Ukrainian parliament did nothing to investigate Slachevsky and everything that Vice President Biden, the State Department and the U.S. Embassy did acted in good faith to reduce corruption and help the Ukrainian so people. So firing him did not benefit the Thank you, time. Senator Cruz. Senator Van Hollen. You knew that was coming, didn't you, Bruce? I did. And honestly, uh, if Republicans somehow managed to get uh, leadership, I expect them to give them no quarter. And I expect them to be more of an ass than those ass clowns are. But that's infuriating. I, it's just the way our politics goes. That is absolutely literally the truth is is there to come out. It's right and there. It's literally right there. Bury it. And it gets stomped on. Well, thank you, Senator Cruz. Hold on, woman. Just keep your mouth shut for just a minute and let him answer the question, because the guilty line is about to be dropped and we can't have that, can we? No. And you can see on uh, dude's face, he knew exactly what was going on because he laughed. You could see that he was kind of relieved and, and smug at the same time. See, this is my uh, this is my problem is they're pushing all over the mainstream media, at least on like Fox News and stuff. Oh, we're going to get investigations and there's going to be uh, they're going to look into this. No, because that right there is what's going to happen every time. What Senator Cruz said there was on point. All of it. Now, look, I know that uh, we go through like ta various talking points and things and, and we've got um, uh, we've got a lot of uh, BS that comes out of the Republican side. But Cruz is asking pertinent questions into this investigation. Those are the exact same questions I'd want to be asking if I were sitting up there on that panel. So what we can't ask real questions. Are you saying that's how this investigation is going to go? But yet on the, on the news, they're saying, oh, yeah, we, we've got, we're going to look into it. We're, we're going to get investigations going. You're not going to do anything. Go ahead, Pablo. People will eventually get to a point or, you know, either fed up or will understand that they will make people will make the decision without asking the politician eventually. You know, they're only going to ask somebody, OK, I, I, are you betraying my, my land? Are you betraying my country? I do and this and this so many times. I mean, it's obvious what, what the truth is until guys get together, you know, guys and gals and like, hey, you know, what the hell is going on? We don't need to ask them this anymore. We know what we decided. It's the people that decide. But it seems like they're taking away the ability to even consider whether or not we have even the information to make a decision. Information is, you know, is, is the base for decisions and they get to the information. This isn't going to last long. There's too much truth out. There's too many leaks. There's too many people trying to... um hack, you know, take photographs, follow, I don't know. Too many holes in this sinking ship. They're not going to save it. Um, you know, starting from, oh God, I mean, I mean, this whole Ukraine thing, it, it was planned for so long, but by the time it actually happened, so many mistakes were made, so much stuff leaked out that by the time the whole thing really happened, it, it just became kind of apparent. And, and thank God. I'm going to be a bit of a pessimist and say, uh, I, I don't actually see anything changing. We we may get the information to come out. We may have it aired on national television and, and all eyes on it. Nothing is actually going to happen because of it. This president will go through. He'll if if he makes it through his term, he'll make it through his term without any impeachments, without any real scandal. Uh, I mean, there's it's scandal ridden, but I mean, it, nothing's going to happen uh, in the American people. I don't think they'll push for, I, I honestly don't, with what we've seen out of Kansas and some of these other core states, you know, heartland country, the kind of stances we've seen them take on things like uh, abortion, I think the country is in far worse shape than what we were realizing. That said, so these, these things that are, these changes and all of that, I don't, I don't think are, or these um, revelations, truths coming out. The only the only way you're going to get the American people to act 
is when they're no longer uh, able to get food or water. That's that's the only thing. That's the only really. That's the only way you're really going to get them motivated to move. Uh, if if they were really going to motivate and move, um, you would have seen more activism after the 2020 election, and um, there would have been sweeping changes across red states, all red states, uh, for election integrity and those kind of things. And we've seen that happen in a, only a handful of states. And <laughs> nah. I just I was thinking about this here the other day in the shower. You look back in history when taxation, when that was brought into this country uh, within five years of the taxes being implemented, it was over 90 some percent tax rate for the upper brackets. What did the American people do about that? Well, nothing. We still have taxes. So that was the American people of yesterday. That was the hero, the great generation that did nothing for those taxes. Do you think this generation now? who doesn't even know what gender they are, are going to stand up and do something about this. And then no. the parents that are affirming those kids. No, I don't think. The, no, the, I don't expect uh, that at all. Go ahead. Bob. Well, I, 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 I want to say this and yes, it is upsetting. And I, and I, I agree with you, Bruce, it's tough, but what I can, the only thing I can say is this, I'm going to pick up as many loads of spreading the truth. And as aggressively from this point on as I can, for every, maybe I'll, maybe if I can just do two people's worth and pick up after somebody else, I'm already, you know, doing two people's work. Maybe, maybe if I can really try hard it, it, you know, I'll pick up the slack for somebody. I'll try. And, and I'm okay with that. And other people are okay with that. There's so few of us, but man, do we try hard. And I, uh, to be clear, I'm not saying don't try. I'm just saying You're there's realistic. too few of us. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm being realistic in this. There's too few of us to really affect change. There there's too many people that are complacent or or okay in their um, squalor. They, 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 it's fine. They they don't they well, don't mind. I think it stems from from people still having the the naivete attitude that we can still somehow fix this at a ballot box. Now let me let me expand upon this for just a minute because that's always been our go to thing, right? is we're dissatisfied with our government. So we're going to go to the ballot box. We're going to change people that are in there and we're going to go in a different direction, right? That's the democratic process. That's what we do. Okay. However, right. And I'm just speaking on 2020 and most notably 2022, the midterms. This is from Mojave County in Arizona. All right. We've had some big problems with Arizona with election fraud in there. This is Ron Gould of the Mojave County Board of Supervisors certifying the election, which by the way, they just certified today in Arizona. Katie Hobbs, she certified her own election today. Now, this is one county. Again, I'm, this is not Maricopa. This is Mojave. This is what he had to say about what's going on in that county. If it's the same in the other counties, just in Arizona, as it is in this county, what hope do we have? If it's like this across the country, across the country, what hope do we have at fixing things at the ballot box? And I'm just asking an open-ended question. That's all. What hope do we have if this is indeed what is actually going on behind the scenes? Take a listen. Um, I vote I under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, form of self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? We're adjourned. I go. vote I under duress and the threat of imprisonment of being charged with a felony. And he evoked the founders at the same time. Yes. The founders who shot redcoats for less. He's, he's going to invoke them uh, who died, who, who many of them lost their fortunes, their, their livelihoods for the stance that they made. But he's going to evoke them in his pansy move. Storytism has gone, man, out of the toughness, the enjoyment of toughness. If you can just break that barrier to, to a point where your body... But, man, this is just all empty talk. Like, look at America, right? Do we agree that America is not really democratic, right? Like, I mean, we there's so many things that don't make America really democratic. Okay, cool. So, so what I'm saying is if you just look at simple definitions of um, democracy, we're not it. If you look at capitalism, we're not that either. So th that that's the basic 
principle with the light starts where nothing but a bunch of empty names and, and, and no meanings behind them. You, you thought, and which is silly. Most people think like you did, John, Wi-Fi stands for, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, wireless fidelity. Wireless fidelity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone came up with that because it looks like it might, but it wasn't. It was just a whole bunch of people that really know what sounds catchy and they came up with Wi-Fi. Cool. No, no point behind it. Same thing is I've been listening to a lot of people coming out, people from, uh, you know, like, like movie stars, musicians, um, scientists. And I hear the same story. I found something out. I started talking about it or I invented something or um, I signed a contract. And years later, they, they, they have the same waking up feeling. They, they, they realize, oh, my God, like I'm still not getting paid anything. Um, I, I'm trapped. Now Now I might go to prison if I, if I don't do something. Like it was Dave Chappelle, which I love Dave Chappelle. He signed the contract with Comedy Central for 50% of everything that he makes off everything, right? So that was the, the, the legal binding contract. The way they screwed him is they said this, you made 500 million. That's way too much money. That's so much money that makes that contract um, void. So our offer is 10% or nothing. And what, what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's a contract, but now it's void. How can they do that? They just do. They just do. Right. Exactly. Just like when somebody, if you, if you think, I mean, use your imagination. What happens, what usually happens to, uh, you know, criminal mafia, you know, bosses when they, when they see a judge, they usually walk away from lawyers, connections, who knows. When you are the lawyers, when, when you are your friends and your family, the top signature in the whole country, oh, you run wild. And if you're a weak, a morally weak person. Even a little bit of crack, I mean, sorry, power is going to corrupt you. Crack will too, though. So yes, yeah, they're weak. They're weak, disgusting people. And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash people that, that, that have addiction issues. I had my own problems in my life. However, that guy is an embarrassment. And, and I mean, j- just an embarrassment, just, just a disgusting, depraved, wild being. I mean, I don't know if maybe I'm not human and he is, then I don't know what the hell a human is. I don't understand these people. I don't understand on such a fundamental level, a large portion of people I meet. And it, 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 it is so apparent to me what indoctrination really looks like. What, what, what everything that Bezanov, I think was his name, the, the KGB gentleman, the ex-KGB agent, was talking about was going to happen. It did. And I watched it happen without thinking like, oh, this is what's happening. But boom, hindsight kicks in and like, holy crap, American people got subverted. They, they just like Russians did with the drugs, Americans, shiny, shiny things. Easy. You know, I was actually thinking about that. And at the time he was working for uh, Navalsky, when he was working uh, for them as a propagandist with KGB, he was probably writing a lot of the stuff that you were watching on TV as a kid when you would see it. <sighs> Man. It's yes. crazy to think about. That's, that's crazy to think about, isn't it? And then, of course, you see him on this side when, when he defected and then talked about everything that he did. What is unbelievable to me is how well think tanks and statistics work on population, work on people, work in life. They don't really teach you statistics in school anymore in America. They're trying to actually get away from statistics, demographics and um, logistics as fast as possible in school because, you know, and let, I mean logarithms, you know. So if a person is completely blinded to what is inside their computer, what is internet, what they're being shown, who controls it, who shows it to them, and why you have a child trapped in something they willingly spend half their waking life looking at. It's, it's, a, it's a game set and, and freaking done and over, miss checkmate, man. You cannot gain neuron flexibility if you have not been brought up you know studying up to let's say seven nine ten whatever we'll, we'll say nine ten okay if you were brought up without flexing your brain muscles you will never be able to become as smart as people that were drilled you know from two years old i have met a five-year-old girl okay i i, I knew this you know this this nice couple that a five-year-old child she blew my mind. Not only she was fluent writing, reading two languages, she came up with a tablet. I'm like, here we go. Um, physics. She was just like, did you know that atoms do this, this and that? And I was like, wow, you're fu-. I, I just couldn't believe it. This, this was an adult little child. It, it's, it's unbelievable what people are capable of with the right upbringing. It's to a point where 
it's like you're superhuman compared to just an individual that unfortunately grew up in circumstances with there's no education or training. Uh, people that have never developed their mind or had opportunity to develop their brain literally do not have the components to understand people they did. And unfortunately, that's the rift. It's it's a designed and perfectly executed rift split of the generations. Your, your, your parents really don't understand kids now. And and some of them try so hard too. They they, they pretty much encourage them to uh, get horrible surgeries. It's it's Everything works out on so many levels because there are think tanks. Now, you know, people think of, oh, Joe Biden, well, he's sitting there with, you know, Camel and they're discussing how we're going to defeat Russians and, you know, screw Chinese. No, they sit there and probably just watch TV. And well, I mean, they, I, I don't want to talk about it. think tanks, high end professionals, young, motivated, well paid, come up with all the, you know, you sit there. OK, so who is this person? Who is this country? What do we know about them? What do they like? What they don't like? What are their weaknesses? Oh, they love cats. They love dogs. Anything can be used against a person, a group, or a population. Think tanks, statistics, that's what rules the world and blinds us. And unfortunately, without early development, it becomes physically impossible for some people to fully grasp grasp it. I mean, I think that's just a fact of biology, I guess. If you don't get, if you don't get to your kid by nine, at least develop their memory. There's, you can have a person, I think, this is my opinion, that could, you know, let's say barely speaks language, can read or write the kid. But develop, if you somehow develop just their memory, amazing memory, if they start learning at 20, they'll pick everything up. If you have the right tools, it's easy to do the job later. Whether See, knowledge is just knowledge. Knowledge is just something you acquire. However, the acquisition equipment and analysis equipment is what's inside your skull and you are responsible well, for building it up. So if you don't understand anything, it's probably your fault. Well, I mean, as in, you know, you were, I mean, I'm sorry, not your fault, perhaps not directly because you were already born into the system, but heck, it is your fault and you're not trying to get out. I think this is another reason why they want to start the indoctrination pre-seven years of age, right? This is exactly why they want to do that. Bruce, you and I were discussing a couple of weeks ago, these schools in California that want to start uh, Satan clubs after, uh, after school, in elementary school, I might add. In an elementary school. Well, the state of Virginia is doing exactly the same thing. They're starting a, uh, a church of, Sa- excuse me, a club, the Satan club school or a Satan club after school meeting or something like that. And apparently the parents are a little upset about that. And why is it that this is being done in elementary schools? Well, I think it goes to what you just said, Pavel. They've got to get you under that age of seven years of age, pre five, all the way up to the age of seven. Because those are the critical years when you start to develop the ability to think. So they've got to get you prior to that. And that's when a lot of this indoctrination comes into all this craziness. And so if they can get you when you're unable to process information, you're unable to push back, you're unable to resist it, then you're going to be more apt to adopting a uh, a screwed up way of life. And of course, if you get up to the age of 20, if you if you buy into that craziness and that nonsense and this wokeness and everything else, if you buy into that all the way up to the age of 20, at that point, it's going to be, I, I would say your chances are maybe uh, one out of, I, I don't know, one in 10 to get out of it, if that. It, I, the biggest, the scariest thing about this to me is that the people that are in that situation, it's not they that they want to do something, but don't know how. It's that this indoctrination takes away the reasons to do anything. They don't see a reason to look through the glass because they're perfectly happy. Everything makes sense. People, once again, statistics, personalities, people love stability, comfort. Let's see what chemicals in your brain produce that effect. Let's see what, you know, colors, what what games, what sounds will give you the most dopamine and serotonin? Um, what particular visual effects, scrolling, psychological, um, I don't know, the, the way the infinite scroll works, you know what I mean? Hired doctors, okay? Professional, professionals are literally thinking, sitting there in think tanks for days, trying to figure out what is the possible best way to get to your child and keep him there. TikTok in China, okay? If if you if you're underage, okay, you you only get like an hour of it. It's all educational. 
you're not allowed. It, it, it's all either about um, science or or health or or something. It's in its limited time. Okay, great weapon if it's unlimited and you just let pretty much. I call it pornography. To be honest, it's it's like mental. It's it's just disgusting. It's like mental pervert pervertness of how just just cognitively unclassy, trashy people are. They they waste their brains. They waste waste their potentials. Marty's talked about that before, where you've got the uh, he studied the attention spans, where you get more cognitively impaired when you have a shortened attention span. So if you look at the studies that are out that show these um, these TikTok things or these Instagram videos or these um, uh, YouTube's now doing something now I, I noticed uh, called Shorts and it's like sixty to ninety second videos. Th- this is shortening the attention span of people as if it wasn't already short enough. They're shortening it even further by all of this, and it's making people more stupid as time goes on. You know, the, you said uh, this is very important attention span, right? I'd like to just break that down a little bit. What yeah, I please. think is behind that, and unfortunately, I have to say, I mean, I'm struggling with my daughter sometimes. It, it, this is just from honestly, from what I think. Lack of attention or short attention is really in its core unwillingness or inability to learn. I'll download the best video game a kid wants. And as soon as they hit that, you know, how do you use the controller? What buttons do what? I see that they... There's a struggle, there's a struggle, and they're like, yeah, I'd rather just not do this and go back to the tablet. At this point of time, I'm observing kids putting down remote controllers because they're too hard to figure out on the spot. Now, I used, I would kill for a remote control when I was a kid. Now, it's too hard to figure out. And I, and I mean, I've been kind of, it, it sucks because I have to experiment on myself and my family. I mean, this, it's not like it's, but I'm, I say observations, but that's what it is because that, that goes to art. You know, I'd offer the best crayons, you know, my daughter would choose. A few minutes into it, she's not interested because now you have to t- t- do the paper and it didn't come out right the first time. And then you have to try again. Oh, tablet. The only thing that works is going outside. That's the only thing. Only thing that's reliably, every time entertains, gives me an opportunity to connect, talk, educate, learn myself, just going outside. I, I mean, I'd blow my roof off if I could. You know what I mean? I think people should make Boy Scouts mandatory, okay? And then if American military was different and the whole idea was different, I'd say, I'd say, you know, the world was a little bit of a different place. I'd say military should be mandatory for like a year just just to get a taste of what real life is. I think what you're kind of alluding to is is to be able to forge the discipline that you need in order to have a, a well-disciplined mind. So if you can do the uh, the trials and the tribulations of going through these organizations, then you'll have a more disciplined, a more sound, uh, orderly, logical way of thinking. And I agree because uh, I went through Boy Scouts when I was a kid. It was a different organization then. It's a tragedy what it's turned into today. It was a different organization. And I, I learned a lot. And I I had a lot of great times. I mean, some of the greatest times of my life. And I I remember those things. I mean, I was doing crazy things at such a young age. You know, I was going out and I was learning how to um, gain the knowledge of practical skills and teamwork long before I would ever put them into practice. And now, I mean, I I still have all my my stuff as in like my... um, you know, my, my handbook and everything. Boy Scout handbooks are fantastic. If you don't have one, then I would highly recommend that you go on to like Amazon or something and pick one up. And I know we bash Amazon about shopping and stuff, but unless you can find another place that actually has them, get the earlier ones. Don't get the ones now. The ones now are just like some useless picture book. It's ridiculous. But get the earlier ones going all the way back to the uh, the early 1900s. And uh, they're fantastic books. And I like I said, I know that uh, the organization is, has turned... Uh, turned very sour these days. And I would not uh, recommend that uh, young people get involved in that organization today. We're going to have to completely redo and refound those organizations on the other side of this. uh, And they're going to have to be uh, rebuilt on sound principles like they originally were intended because they've been uh, that's another organization that's been subverted. So we're going to have to um, we're going to have to redo that organization. But yeah, I agree with you on that. As far as the uh, the military thing, I can't really go with you. I, I know where you're going with it. Okay, I understand where you're going with it. And a part of me 
agrees with that. A, a part of me does. And the reason is, is because it teaches you valuable skills, especially as an adult. Yeah, you learn the things as a kid, but as an adult, you learn it as well. If we're if we're going to go that direction with it, then it needs to be done correctly. But you're also going to get a lot of pushback from something called involuntary servitude. So you're, you're going down that road. So you're, you're going down a very slippery slope. But I like specifically, and I, I don't agree with involuntary servitude. Okay, I don't agree with that. But I like specifically what the Swiss do with it. And that is a domestic militia. I, I like that. And it's, it's for national defense. And it's not sent abroad. I don't like the idea that we would be conscripting people against their will to go in and do something that they don't want to do. In that manner, I think it needs to remain voluntary. But at the same time, you know, I also like the Swiss system where everybody is uh, is actively involved and everybody's uh, out uh, doing uh, maneuvers and, and you're learning things as a team and you're learning about national defense and, and the protection of your home and your family at the same time. And to an extent in America, we have that. We It's actually written into our constitution. It's part of the second. Amendment. Bruce, this is where you'll come in on it. It's called the well-regulated militia. Every able-bodied man between the ages of 16 and I believe it's 65. Um, I could be wrong, or is it 45? I, I'm not sure. But uh, I don't able-bodied. I don't think it matters at this point, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have something similar to that already, but it's it's something entirely different. Um, it's literally you're a modern day Minuteman kind of thing. So I, I just want to throw out that uh, I agree with you guys. Discipline is is one of the foundation points that we need. Uh, the society is greatly lacking. But the other thing I think is lacking, um, especially uh, Pavel, with your, your description there, with uh, what you're seeing, um, I think uh, people are too comfortable. That's the other issue here. Um, Having the discipline is great, but if you're comfortable and unwilling to take risks, uh, if you're unwilling to step out and, uh, you know, take those chances, I think that's that's partly where societies you I, I honestly I think there's quite a few people out there that are um, well disciplined. It's just we run into that problem of they're they're risk averse. As an example, let's look at the guy in uh, Arizona uh, saying that he did the yes vote, but well, because it would inconvenience him, he would be he would be arrested uh, for standing on his principles, almost kind of like our founders did. You know, they okay went to war over their principles. Okay, so I I'll I, vote nay. I, uh, Throw me in jail. Yeah, yeah. So that I think, um, if we, if we had more of that, more more people willing to take risks, that kind of used to be almost like a foundational thing for America as a whole. What I really meant by, you know, saying they should be mandatory in that is that most people that find themselves unhappy and unhealthy are just like anybody else. Just one never presented opportunity to break out of the shell and prove to themselves that they are brave. And it just takes one time when you're like, oh, my God, I could do this. And, and your life changes forever. When your neurons form in your brain, they did this study, neuron, new neurons grow and your brain actually physically grows every time you feel like you've completed a task. Maybe not even successfully. That counts as well because you learned something. But it's the completion of tasks that makes us smarter. Infinite scroll never ends. You never feel like you finished it. You leave it, you want to come back forever to it. Finishing tasks makes you smarter. Just, just like that. The harder the task, the smarter you'll get. And the funny thing is, you are conscious of the new knowledge and the skills you obtain. You're unconscious of your brain also physically growing and becoming more developed, more acute, more um, aware of things. What is your take on at, at this point thus far with everything that's that's happened since the takeover? What's your take on Elon Musk? Bearing in mind that uh, I mean, what what he's done with Twitter, I guess let, let's go that direction with it, because that that goes that goes to point for everything that we've discussed here tonight. What, what's your take on Musk with the job that he's doing at the moment with Twitter? And then we can discuss the uh, the aspect that, OK, he might be doing some good there. But then at the same time, this is the same guy that wants to put a chip in your head. There's two sides that we can discuss here, but let's let's go that direction with it. Sure. I think you did an awesome job on Twitter. I mean, I haven't like super looked into it, but everything I've seen on the surface is I pretty much agree on. I mean, he, the most important thing, if he truly exposes the fact that Twitter knowingly blocked the truth 
in order to influence the election results and who was behind Twitter doing it really. Now that's, that's creamy that, you know, that, that that's something I'm trying to get to. I'd love to hear about that. Now the brain chip thing, I've looked into that a little bit more deeply because it really concerns me. You know, here's a guy that says AI is really scary, yet he's the one that installs satellites everywhere so we're all connected and is promoting, he, I mean, he funded what the, the, the first AI, the big AI lab over there, what was it? Um, anyhow, it doesn't matter. Also, um, with with no disrespect or or anything else, I do know that he is autistic. And so I think he, he's, he is on a, some sort of on a spectrum. The guy is a little bit eccentric. I'm sure he has, you know, really brilliant mind. I mean, I've never met the person. I don't doubt that. Everybody that I think I respect says nothing but good about Elon Musk. I think it's, I'm too scared to, to, to say anybody is this or that, to be honest. So, so I think he did a good job on Twitter. With the AI thing, he says the chip is, so, you know, in order to have the ability to defend ourselves from AI, if, you know, something bad happens, we should be half robots too. So let's all get connected and put a brain in our chip. So like, okay, so you want us to basically like become robots or whatnot. And, and so we can fight robots. Like, oh yeah. A little confused on that. So Elon, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not smart enough. I'm sure he's smarter than me. But Twitter, hysterical. I love how he, is, he when he when he carried the sink out, let the sink in. It's hysterical. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see how um like all the like how he hired uh, fired people recently like using all the voice emulating software like Trump fires you yes. get a voice. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I did see that. He he tries to be funny. Now, on an actual realistic and serious note, I have an idea what kind of licenses and clearances this guy has, right? What do you need to go through for that? This, this. I don't think anyone who's purely good can be that accepted into government and given that many um, leadways. Uh, he, I mean, he was persecuted for smoking a joint and this and that. Sure, they almost took away his uh, Air Force clearance because of that. However, people that are allowed to launch things into space are a little bit of a different citizen type, I guess. And um, I don't think, I mean, I know there's something a little dark there. I know that. So um, I don't trust anyone besides people I know well. To, and, and I mean, anybody should do that. We let ourselves be influenced too much by the way this politician looks and acts and what he said and, what, you know, how funny he is and this and that. Every, you know, they, 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 everything is designed that we focus on everything but actual actions. As a matter of fact, if you listen to what they say, the way they answer the questions, their speeches, half the time they're actually opposite of the action that they did. So, you know, sometimes they outright lie. Now, the most what is being done, and, and, and I hate when, when people or governments or anyone do it, they'll give you like six facts. Four of them or five of them will be like an awesome, new, provable or whatever actual fact. And the fifth one will sound like a cool new fact but it actually will be something that's covering something that's real reality be thrown in there. You won't even know which one is white. So it's, it's not like they say, Oh, white is black. No, they list every color and just one of them may be fake. It's, it's never one thing with them. So with the, uh, Musk Twitter situation, I'm intrigued by what's going on with that. I love seeing, uh, liberals heads explode, um, because people are actually gaining freedom of speech which I thought for the longest time they were for. You know, we were seeing like uh, them taking like a crucifix and putting it in a jar of urine and saying, oh, that's freedom of speech. But then when you actually have freedom of speech, they, they have a conniption fit. So I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, bag of popcorn style, sit back and watching them, you know, flame and explode. Uh, when in reality, nothing's really happening. Nothing's really changing. I mean, it's just allowing more people to speak. It's so, it's so stupid and silly what the things that they're getting all uptight about. But anyway, uh, as far as the Neuralink and uh, implanting chips into your brain, um, his, my understanding of his interpretation of that is um, he's afraid of AI because AI has no, no empathy or any of those kind of things, right? So his intention uh, is to merge uh, human and AI together to create like a symbiosis so that the AI is reliant on the human and the human's reliant on the AI. So then uh, the AI is not going to kill off the, the human and the human won't kill off the AI because, you know, they mutually benefit from one another. Uh, that's kind of the 
the the road he seems to be taking in this. Do I think it's right? Do I think it's going to be good in the end? This is the problem that we're running into. AI is going to be a thing. It's going to be more and more encompassing in our lives. It's already there. You you go on and you want to use Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever whatever uh, system you use. That's a general and that's a very basic intelligence. It's only going to get more intelligent over time. Some of these call centers, you call in, you get a machine. It's AI. Now, it's not a full-blown, you know, it's not like Jarvis or something from like Marvel movies or, you know, it's not, you know, understanding, but it, it, it can comprehend uh, your words and create a, a script, if you will. It's following a script. Same thing with photos. They're doing the same kind of stuff. As this becomes more and more advanced, well, hell, the, the, the one that's creating art actually won an award. Uh, here fairly recently, and there was a bunch of artists that were pissed about it because it was an AI that won and not a human being. So it it it's becoming more and more mainstream now. Uh, the, these uh, different types of AI. So whether or not this is the right thing to do or not, I don't know. This is this is a new world. This is something that's completely foreign. We're we're creating an intelligence, uh, another being that is nothing like us. And then we're going to merge it with the humans. I I don't like it. It 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 smells bad. Yeah. But the problem is, is which way? I don't. I the genie's out of the bottle. How do we stuff the genie back in the bottle? You can't get it back in the bottle now. Well, you got two genies. Like, you, you got two genies and you got two bottles. You got uh, Schwab and his kind that are trying to stuff freedom, which is a genie. You're trying to stuff that back in the bottle. You're trying to stuff, uh, I, I hate using the word, but I'm going to because that's what people understand. You're trying to stuff democracy back in the bottle. You're trying to stuff self-rule and individuality back in the bottle to pave way for an evil side of what you're talking about, which is the other genie that's out of the bottle. So which bottle, yeah. like only one bottle is going to survive here, okay? Uh, only mm-hmm. one bottle is going to survive. So we either go the way that we want to go with it or we go the way that they want to go with it. Right? The whole And I, I hate even doing the us versus them, but that's what they're making it, unfortunately. Now, you say that AI has no empathy, okay? Now, I'm inclined to agree with you, but AI was asked a question today about the family, and this was the response. And see if you can tell whether or not this AI has empathy. In a society where traditional notions of family and relationships were rapidly evolving, the rise of polycules, a complex network of interconnected romantic and sexual relationship was seen by many as a threat to the fabric of society. As more and more people opted to form polyamorous relationships, critics warned that the traditional nuclear family unit was being eroded. They argued that the decline of monogamy would lead to a decline in commitment and a breakdown of trust between partners. Despite these concerns, the popularity of polyamory continued to grow. Polycule households became more and more common, with some even choosing to live together in large commune-like arrangements. But as time went on, the problem that critics had warned about began to manifest. In many cases, the complexity of these relationships led to feelings of jealousy and resentment among members of the polycule. This in turn led to a breakdown of trust and decline in overall happiness within the relationships. In some cases, the decline of traditional relationship structures even led to an increase in crime and other social ills. As the bonds of commitment and trust between partners weakened, people were more likely to engage in infidelity and other forms of betrayal. Ultimately, the rise of polycules contributed to the decline and erosion of society, as traditional notions of family and relationships were replaced with a chaotic and unreliable network of interconnected relationships. No. No. Uh, uh, all, All of what you just read is literally, okay, some of that in there is what I actually have a beef with humans. They, they can come up and say, well, some say this and others say that I don't give a damn what people say. What is your opinion? What, what, where do you stand? That's kind of what this AI They did. don't have an opinion. It, That's the problem. It didn't pull out. Yeah. That it has no opinion in this. It's just telling you a bunch of information uh, that that's all it's doing now. Uh, that's all we really want AI to do at this point is to, uh, find patterns and, uh, you know, uh, look up information quickly for us. That that's pretty much all we're using them for right now formulating more complex thought, uh, coming up with opinions, uh, right and wrong, those kind of things, that is a far more complicated uh, endeavor. Now, they're doing it in video games. I've seen an article here recently. It was a, uh, what was it? It was it was a, a, a diplomacy-based game, and I forget what the name of the game was called. January 6th. Um, yeah, January 6th, no. It was, Illuminati? 
No. Uh, no, that's it, a, that's a was, new nightclub uh, that just opened in Dubai. We can look at that afterwards. Yeah. Oh, God. It, uh, basically, what it did is it had to form diplomatic bonds with uh, other players. And you either sign peace treaties or go to war, you know, those kind of things. And the name, eventually, you're supposed to be the winning faction, you know. So you're the one that either defeated them in war or defeated them in, uh, you know, democratic ways and then stabbed them in the back. Basically, that, that was the name of the game. AI was able to convince humans majority of the time that it was actually another human player. That said, again, it's just like that that Google engineer or whatever that was saying, oh, the Google project is actually sentient and all of that. I've looked at the transcripts of those communications. It is not aware. I, I, I don't know if these engineers are incapable or, or uh, uh, like wishful thinking or they're just not observing. But when you look at the sentence structure, especially the one you just read, there's nothing in there about my opinion my uh, uh, feeling of it, I've, I have, uh, you know, sympathy for the people because of this and they're feeling hurt. The AI has no understanding of that. Uh, as, as we know right now, AI are, AI are incapable of feeling. So how can they empathize with some something, another being that is, is completely different data inputs? How can you make it learn, though? Or is that the issue that they're working on now? Because ultimately... Think of it like an algorithm, because you, that's how you're going to have to train it, is through algorithms. But algorithms are written by people. That's the flaw in all of this, is it's all written by people. So, so how do you how do you teach empathy through algorithms? Exactly. That's something that you can't exactly. really do. You can't do that. I've tried, and, and well, here's the thing. There are ways to teach the program or to have it be able to learn itself. What are basically things that you should feel empathize, you know, in one situation, you should feel empathy and how to act accordingly. Okay. If there's a way that AI can change how it should act to a particular situation, that's scary. If it just learns really, really good, what most people would say or do in most situations, it's method acting. It's emulating life. It's, it's, it's black magic. When you write a bunch of words with your fingers and they animate something, that acts like a living thing. It's a homunculus, I think is the word. It has no soul. It can perfectly act like it feels bad for you. But you know, all of it is just unfeeling, logical process. Human beings do not understand infinity for a reason. We are more than just this three-dimensional thing that we observe as spiritual beings that I believe that we are. That's why if Real quick, ahead, before you before you get too far from it, I want to. I'm going to interject the the part you were saying there about uh, AI can emulate or, or you know um, method act uh, emotions. We have that in society right now in human beings. We call them sociopaths. Nailed it. That's what I was getting to. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm trying. I was trying to get to. Yeah. That's what that's what psycho psychop psychopathy and sociopathy sociopath whatever the word is is when you're sociopathic. You have sympathy, but you like empathy. And it's really interesting, okay? Sympathy, let's say I've cut my finger before and I see somebody who's cut their finger. I understand what that feels like. Empathy is when I cut their finger myself and have no idea that it's hurting them. I have no empathy for your feelings. However, if I see you hurt and I've been hurt before, I'll understand that. But when I cause the damage, there's no reason, there's, there's no understanding that it's gone. We're actually at time here. We did go over by a couple of minutes, but it's no big deal. Pavel, you got any final words? My final words is everything. The biggest, it's just the corniest line of all times, but it, I, it's the truest one. The biggest journey stops with the, starts with the tiniest step. I've been in my life so sick and, and unhealthy that I could barely walk, you know, and, and I remember the day forever for the rest of my life. I'll remember that day when I decided to do five pushups that day. And I did those five push-ups, and then I, you know, slept. But the next day, I, I, I was hurt. But the day after, I did six. And, and you know what? That's five push-ups, nothing, right? But it started the journey. And honestly, that first step is the hardest. And here's the key, right? Most people, they make the first or even the second step, and they stop. And it's okay. It's okay to start with the first step again. You got better at starting then get better at the second step. Restart again if you need to. If you need to take a week to get, you know, get drunk or whatever, you're human. But it's the progress that's going to keep you here. You're going to have something, something that in the back of your mind is going to make you a little happy. And you'll notice that. And that itch will keep itching. Thank you, everyone. And by the way, 
Um, just wanted to uh, say this, supportdonaldtrump.com and americanstoicism.com now right up front has the uh, PDF file for the um, Hunter Biden uh, laptop analysis. Thank you, guys. There you go. Now the listeners know where to go and get their own copy for themselves, and we encourage people to do that. Pavel, thanks for being here this week. We'll see you next week. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.